early teens, I had a Welcome to Citri Church the Bukit. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, from the hit TV show Home Improvement, was my fave at the time. Then there were pictures of my favorite bands and also my favorite sports players. As a kid, I loved to play basketball. I would spend hours a day practicing, and I did that for a number of years. My favorite player was Michael Jordan, and I still think he's the greatest player of all time, even though LeBron James is an incredibly talented player. There was something about the way that Michael played that was captivating to watch. The way that he moved through the air, stepping effortlessly around opposing players, and the creativity that he would use to make the shot was very entertaining to watch. And I tried to model my basketball playing on what I saw him do. I even adopted his trademark tongue out whilst taking the shot. We all have people that we look up to in our lives. People that we watch from afar, like those I admired during my earlier years, those we see on TV or famous people we follow on social media that influence us. And then there's also people that we know personally, like our parents, our teachers, our church leaders and community leaders. These people often influence us in the way that we speak, in the way that we act, and even in the way that we think. For example, when you hang around big thinkers, you will naturally start thinking big about the future and all the possibilities available to you. And when you spend time regularly with a negative person, then you may find your words becoming more and more negative. It's the same with our behaviors and the way we treat others. Others can influence us both negatively and positively in the way that we act. My husband is amazing at sharing. He is so generous, especially in sharing his food with me. I, on the other hand, am not a great sharer. And if I've ordered something for lunch, for example, my expectation is that I will be the only one eating what's on my plate. But because Emmanuel is so good at sharing, he has influenced my behavior. So much so that I've now become a sharer. I will even offer to share my hot chips with him, which if you know me and my love for potatoes in general, you'll know that that's a rather big deal. But because he is so generous in sharing things, I just can't help but respond with the same open-handedness. The people we surround ourselves with and allow to influence us will impact our lives significantly. The question I want us to ask ourselves today is this, does Jesus hold the greatest level of influence over our lives? Are we being influenced most by him? Is he part of our inner circle? Are we allowing him to guide our words, thoughts and deeds? The greatest role model we can have in our lives is in fact Jesus. The Christian journey is all about our lives being transformed by the life of Jesus. As we say yes to following him, we say yes to being transformed into his likeness. And there are certain behavioral, mental and moral qualities that distinguish us as followers of Jesus. Characteristics that define us as Christians and set us apart from the world. We want the qualities we have in our lives to line up with the qualities we see that Jesus displayed. Today, we're going to be looking at three more of the characteristics of Jesus that he exhibited to us, that we as his followers are to embrace as our own, as we pursue the purpose and calling he has for our lives. 
And it's our character which will determine whether we remain on track, running the race that God has marked out for us. Last week, we looked at our first quality, integrity and righteousness. That is living a lifestyle that reflects the standards God instructs us to live by. Let's take a look now at three more qualities that we as followers of Jesus should seek to adopt in our own lives. Three characteristics that we can emulate. Characteristic number two, being loving and merciful. Having a character that is loving and merciful is at the very heart of God, for God is love and he is a merciful God. As we love others, we are displaying to them God's love. When we look at the example of Jesus, we see just how remarkable he was at showing both love and mercy. Jesus displayed each of the qualities of love outlined in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He was patient with people, especially the disciples, who were sometimes just a little bit slow to understand things. He showed kindness towards others, towards children, towards the sick, to the downcast and marginalized. He was not self-seeking, but lived to honor the Father. And he wasn't easily angered. Take the process of being put on trial. He was wrongfully accused and treated so poorly, yet he remained quiet and did not react in anger or frustration. And when Jesus did display anger, it was always well-controlled, precisely targeted and short-lived. Jesus kept no record of wrongs. Even as he was hanging on the cross, he said these powerful words, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus showed mercy to the Samaritan woman at the well. He showed mercy to the woman caught in adultery. He showed mercy to the crowds of people following him, taking time to teach them the ways of the kingdom. He showed mercy to the sick and those possessed by an evil spirit. And these are just some of the examples where Jesus displayed these characteristics of love and mercy. Jesus gives these instructions about being loving and merciful in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill treat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies and do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. As his followers, we are called to do the same. But you might be saying, Rach, what about my dad who abandoned my family when I was a child and never provided for us? What about my so-called friend who spread rumors about me and gossiped about me behind my back? What about my manager at work that doesn't give me respect, the respect that I deserve, and he speaks so harshly to me? Or my cousin who didn't pay me back the money I let them borrow? 
Surely you don't mean I have to treat those types of people with love and mercy. Sometimes when we read the word of God, we read things we don't really want to hear. We would rather Jesus have said, yeah, look, if someone wrongs you, feel free to never speak to them again and avoid them at all costs. We would rather him have said, hate your enemies with twice as much intensity as they hate you. But the word clearly gives us guidelines as to how to respond to such people. And it involves us dying to our flesh, letting go of our need for revenge or retaliation and to show them love and mercy. This is not an easy thing to do. At times it might feel impossible, but Jesus has given us a helper, the Holy Spirit, who gives us the power to love others like this. And as we do so, Jesus promises that our reward will be great, not small, not average, but your reward will be great. And we will be children of God like him because he too is kind to those that are ungrateful and wicked. God has shown each one of us kindness and mercy. Just think about the many times God has forgiven you for the mistakes that you've made. Yes, there are people that don't deserve your love and mercy because of the way that they've treated you. But we don't deserve God's mercy or love either. Yet he graciously and freely offers it to us. Maybe there's someone in your world at this time that you're struggling to show love and mercy to. Why not commit to reading this passage of scripture every day this week and let it speak to you, let it convict you, use it to guide your prayers. And as we let the word of God teach us and guide us, our words, our action and thinking will be transformed. As we let the word of God work in our lives to shape us, we will soon find ourselves acting in love and mercy, becoming more and more like Christ. The third characteristic is being humble and obedient. Sometimes we can think of humility as needing to have a low view of ourselves or a sense of unworthiness about ourselves, but that's not quite the correct way of defining it. When we look at the meaning of humility, we need to begin with the nature of God to recognize ourselves in relation to him and his incredible greatness and in response to choose a posture of submission and surrender before him. Again, Jesus was the ultimate role model for us to follow. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 8, the apostle Paul writes this about Jesus. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The Son of God came down to earth, taking on the form of a man. Daily he humbled himself. Daily he committed to obeying the Father. John chapter 6 verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Even as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing what was ahead, that he would be arrested, put on trial, wrongfully accused, beaten and ridiculed, hung on a cross, taking the punishment of our sins, sacrificing his life, Jesus still chose to obey the Father. As it's written in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus gives us a high standard to follow. And he did so, so that you and I could face whatever situation we're facing in our lives. 
that we could use his humility and obedience as motivation to not give up on obeying the Father. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 and 4 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, we could put it this way, in your struggle to obey what God is asking you to do, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Jesus faced the same temptations we face, yet he chose to submit to the authority of the Father, to deny his flesh, and to obey the Father's will for his life. Just like walking in love and mercy brings a reward, walking in humility also leads to blessing for our lives. Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. The enemy would love us to believe that obeying God is just all hard work with no benefits. But there are rewards for living according to God's standards, to walking in humility. Humility and obedience go hand in hand. And if we're adopting a position of humility before God, we will also walk in obedience to him, in obedience to his word and commands, in obedience to his leading and guidance. This also means us walking in submission to those that God has placed in authority over our lives. Wives, that means submitting to your husbands as the head of your family, and husbands, that means you loving your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This means children obeying and honoring your parents, no matter what age you are. It means having confidence in your leaders and submitting to their authority because those that keep watch over you must give an account for how they lead you. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So this includes our teachers or university lecturers, our boss or manager, church or community leaders, and even government authorities. These leaders will all give an account to God for their actions. Let's work hard to support those who have been appointed in leadership roles in our lives. And as we do, there is a blessing that will flow into our lives. You might like to take a moment each morning when you wake up this week to kneel beside your bed as a symbolic act of your position of humility before God and commit to obeying God's word and commands during the day ahead. As we walk in humility and obedience, we are walking in the same manner as Jesus did. The last characteristic is being bold and courageous. All through his time of ministry here on earth, Jesus displayed great boldness and courage. He did not care about the opinion of man or what they said about him. He only cared about what the Father said. And we see throughout the Gospels that Jesus was often criticized and attacked by the religious leaders of the day. Yet Jesus was undeterred by their accusations. He kept on boldly proclaiming about the kingdom of God. He was not intimidated when people came to him with great needs for healing and deliverance. He boldly commanded healing to come to people's bodies and commanded demons to leave. He courageously faced the cross, carrying the weight of a punishment he did not deserve. And walking as followers of Christ requires us to walk in boldness and courage too. We see that the early church faced great opposition. 
One time, the Sanhedrin, the religious judges of the day, commanded the disciples to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus, and then they threatened them. What would have been your response to these threats? Maybe to pray that God would protect you from these evil men, or that God would change the minds of the Sanhedrin and give you favor instead. Or maybe you might choose to just stop teaching about Jesus and to hide away. But what was their response? We can read about it in Acts chapter 4, verse 29 to 31. They prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The early church, when faced with great opposition and trials, joined together in prayer and prayed for boldness. And if there's one thing we need now more than ever is boldness and courage for the church to be strong in who they are in Christ and to be bold in speaking the truth of God's word. I can sense that Jesus is saying to his church in this hour, the words he spoke to his disciples as they faced a mighty storm. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage, church. Don't let fear overtake you. Don't hide your light. But stand firm upon his promises. Stand with strength and courage. Don't be intimidated. Be bold to speak the truth of the good news. Our world desperately needs Jesus. Let us be bold and courageous to shine the light of Christ ever so brightly. Over the past two weeks, we've covered four characteristics of Jesus. Integrity and righteousness, loving and merciful, humility and obedience, and bold and courageous. Now, there are others which we didn't get time to cover in this series, but as we commit to following Jesus, commit to getting to know him personally, his nature and characteristics, as we read the word and spend time in prayer, we will be shaped to become more and more like Christ in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions and our deeds. And to have the depth of character that we need to keep running the race that God has marked out for us, fulfilling his plan and purpose for our lives. And what I love is that God has given us a helper, the Holy Spirit, to guide us as we pursue these characteristics of Jesus. That we don't have to try and do this in our own strength or ability, but we can rely on the Holy Spirit to empower us to live these godly characteristics out in our own lives. So right now we're gonna spend a moment in prayer to finish this message today. And I believe that where you're watching from, that the Holy Spirit is gonna come and pour out a fresh enabling and empowering for you to be able to live out these characteristics that we've talked about in your own life that you would be able to continue to run after the plan and purpose that God has for you. He wants to use you for a mission. He wants to use you to make a difference in the world. And so we're going to pray right now. And so why don't you take a position of receiving? Maybe you want to lift your hands and just close your eyes and focus in on God. And as we pray, I believe that you're going to receive fresh power from the Holy Spirit to live out these characteristics characteristics in your own life. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example that you have given us in your son, Jesus. And we're so grateful to have a role model like him that we can base our life upon, that we can model our life after. Lord, we're believing that today, as we spend time in this moment of prayer, that you would enable us through the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to walk in these characteristics that we've talked about today, that we would walk in integrity and righteousness, that we would walk in love and mercy, that we would walk in humility and obedience, and that we would walk in boldness and courage. And so Holy Spirit, I just release you to move right now upon every person watching today that they would receive your empowering to be able to live out these characteristics in their lives. God, we know it's not easy, but you have given us a helper, the Holy Spirit, to do this. And we just release your power to move right now, Holy Spirit. You would give us strength. You would give us courage. You would give us hope. And that you would give us the, the heart of love that you have for people that those things would motivate and guide us as we step forward into the season ahead. God, we know that you have a plan and purpose for us that goes far beyond anything that we could ever dream of or hope for or imagine. And I pray that this series will have been a catalyst for each one of us, that we would continue to step into the future that you have for us with boldness and courage and to be able to see your plan and purpose fulfilled in our lives. God, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your word. We just honor you and praise you in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this series. I know that God's really spoken to me personally so much, and I hope he's done the same for you. And as we step into now a time of worship, Let's just take this time just to bring honor and glory to our great God. He is worthy of all the praise and all the glory. And that we, as we just be still in his presence, as we turn our hearts affections towards him, that we are just going to bless him and honor him and give him the glory that he deserves. Let's sing this song together. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit c 3 